The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father will you bow He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Last night I began intense study in preparation for today's broadcast. I knew in advance what I had hoped to preach about today. But as I read the scriptural material, it became less and less understandable to me. I wanted to speak about the everlasting love of Jesus for us. I've been sharing some very heavy things over the last days. I wanted to lift Jesus' love up, and I wanted to encourage you with words of comfort and direction. But a great sickness began to come upon me until I felt in the night last night like I was going to die. I arose this morning after not sleeping very much in the night, being up three or four times, maybe five times. I kept crying out to the Lord. Lord, my life is in your hands. I got up this morning. I came into the prayer closet. And I began to cry out and say, Lord, the material that I wanted to preach on today is now just very, very difficult. I can't understand it. It's like I can't make sense of it. What do you want me to say today? I want to encourage the brothers and the sisters and tell them how much you love them. But I can't understand the scripture you had given me earlier. Finally, I just cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't have a message for today. So evidently, I need to simply play music, for I have no message. What would you like me to do? And the Holy Spirit just spoke one word, revelation. As soon as I went to revelation, he began to unfold exactly what he wanted to have said today. And so that's what I'm going to share with you. Now, I've titled this broadcast today, Can You Stand? And then added the last part. It is over. It's over. What's over? The economy's over. America is over. We are under judgment. I began then listening to several commentators that I trust, economists that I trust, who have been very right in their predictions. And they all said the same thing. Inflation is surging. The dollar will die. There will be a lockup of our economic system as the debt market implodes, fragments. And we will see a lock-up of the entire economy. And your bank card won't work. Your credit cards won't work. You will not be able to withdraw money from the bank. It will be a total lock-up of the system, and it will be sustained for some time and they will use this as an excuse and as an ability out of the utter chaos. They will use this to bring in a new monetary system. It's over. Now, what should a Christian do? Well, first and foremost... You need to know where we stand, and I'm going to share that again in the scripture in the book of Revelation. 
But beyond that, you need to pull as much cash as you can from the bank and have it available at home so you can buy what you need to buy with cash, food, supplies. You need to have a very close, honest, holy church relationship with people you can trust. And you need to be prepared to hide away until the trauma is past. Isaiah 26. I want to share with you what the Lord has given me. I've been sharing it all this week. We have in the book of Revelation the direct action of Jesus as he opens the book of the strategy step-by-step for the coming of Messiah and then for the destruction of the world and the judgment of God upon the wicked and the final salvation when there is a new heaven and a new earth and peace will reign throughout eternity. The beast, the big ugly will be cast down. He will be destroyed. He will be cast into the fire and he will be burned along with the devil, the false prophet. The woman who rides on the beast will be burned with fire she will be destroyed. And so we have in Revelation, and I'd like to just briefly go over them with you. We have the seals of God, seven of them. The first four have the horses of the apocalypse Now, I've said this each day, but I need to say it again so that you understand and you let it sink deep in your heart. Nothing is happening by accident. It is first the design of Jesus to bring about the victory of his people. But he is going to test us as silver In the refiner's fire. He is going to test us as gold in the refiner's fire. It is necessary because today the church of Jesus Christ, particularly in America, but all over the world, has become so utterly corrupt and apostate that it bears no resemblance to the body of Jesus. That's going to have to be burned out of us. We're going to have to enter into him with integrity and leave our sin. Read carefully Romans 6. Read carefully the third chapter of 1 John. You'll find there the passages of Scripture that talk about the necessity of being crucified with Christ. The modern-day American church knows nothing of crucifixion, is utterly unwilling to suffer for the cross of Jesus Christ. And as we face face this horrific time of testing, many churches are building their big, beautiful buildings as if they have no clue that we are at the end of time. Grieves my heart. Many of these churches will be utterly lost. They will be closed, they will be bankrupt, and they will be burned. So we look at the sixth chapter of Revelation. There is first, as you know, the white horse who holds a bow and is given a crown. These are things that are given to him 
He did not get them by conquering or conquest. And that is the opening salvo of the public organization of the one world government, or as I called it yesterday, the big ugly. The second seal comes a fiery red horse that's given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. That's happening right now. It has been happening my entire life. It was happening before me. The great wars, the catastrophic murdering of the people, the innocent people by their governments. We've just experienced that on a worldwide level with the so-called pandemic that was planned by government agencies and was released by government agencies. And then there's a third seal. There's a black horse. Its rider is holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages. This is famine. This is famine. This is death. But I want you to note, as we go through, even through the fourth seal, the earth is not destroyed. This is difficulty brought on the people of the earth. Yes, there's tornadoes and hurricanes, and there is drought, and there is uh, volcanic action, great increase in earthquakes, but the earth is left intact. It is not destroyed. And that fourth seal is a pale horse, death and Hades, a fourth of the earth killed by the sword, by famine, by plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. We're approaching, what, six billion people on the earth? A fourth of those people will die. In other words, we're going to see a great die-off caused by the sword and the famine and the pestilence and the wild beasts of the earth. Now I want you to see the fifth seal. Nothing happens on the earth that happens in heaven. And there is no horse of the apocalypse. The four horses of the apocalypse go forth over the earth to cause God's people to turn and repent and begin to walk in holiness with him. The four horses of the apocalypse come to prepare God's people that they might be sifted and refined with fire and the fuller soap, and many will die. Many of us will die. Many of us will be martyred. And the fifth seal is talking about those who've been martyred in heaven as they ask the Lord, how long until you bring judgment? The sixth seal is opened, and there's a great earthquake. This is the first very serious damage done to the earth. The sun turns black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turns to blood blood red, and the stars in the sky fall to the earth as late figs drop from the fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. This is what's coming. It's at the door. But first, we're going to be tried and scapegoated and martyred Christians are going to become the least popular people on the face of the earth because we stand. Today, most Christians are very tolerant. Can't separate you from the world. 
Nobody knows even that you're a Christian, except maybe you have some sentimental statement about, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to church maybe once a month. But you're not really a Christian. You're a pagan spray-painted with Jesus. But you're not saved because you're not holy. You've not pleased the Lord. The Father is looking for men and women who will worship in spirit and in truth. So yes, correct theology. Jesus is the truth. But also walk in the spirit. And do what pleases the Lord. Seek to know his will. Seek eagerly to engage with him in the spirit realm. Some of you say to me, Pastor, the Lord never speaks to me. Why? Because you're so far away from him, you couldn't hear him talk if he was talking. And why would he speak to you? Because your life is full of the entertainment of the flesh. Your life is full of the television the internet, your cell phone. You're not after Jesus. You're after a comfortable American life. And I'm coming to you today and saying flat out, it's over. Everything is now hitting the fan, proverbially speaking. The storm is now breaking on America. Housing stats indicate that the housing market is crashing across this nation. Mortgage companies are beginning to go bankrupt. We are seeing devastation across America. We're going to see much, much worse. We haven't seen anything yet. Inflation, they said, went to 12% this last month. First, they said 9%. Now this morning, the reports are coming out 12%. We haven't seen anything yet. It's going much higher. We're entering into a time that will be absolutely horrific for you and for me and for Christians. And we're going to be tested. Will we trust in the name of our God? Are you able to trust in the name of the Lord? Are you with family and friends, brothers and sisters who stand in Jesus Christ and who will not waver? If you aren't, you will not survive this. You will be blown away and you will die in your sin. But now let me share with you, as the sky recedes like a scroll, mountains and islands are removed from its place. It's the first time the earth has really been touched. It's being touched because Jesus is coming. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? Now in chapter 7, we have the calling out of the 144,000 that the Lord will save. And he's going to begin a process of sealing these 144,000 Jewish people. Verse 9, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I want to make a very plain statement to you. Eternal life does not exist in us as an independent possession. Can I say that again? Eternal life does not exist in us as an independent possession. Life is only in Jesus. Eternal life consists in union with God. It is participation in the divine nature. Eternal life is the gift of God to us. Romans 6, 23. 
but the gift is not separate from Jesus. If you do not believe in Jesus, you will not have eternal life. Eternal life is Jesus reproducing himself in us. This is eternal life. If you do not have this eternal life, if you are not walking in holiness, if you're still walking in sin, you don't know Jesus yet. And you are not in Jesus. You are still in the world. You are still in the devil. And the cry of this broadcast is come out quickly. It's almost over. Jesus is coming. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, those in white robes, who are they? Where'd they come from? And he said, These are they who've come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, we come to the seventh seal. God's people are gone from the earth, except those who are being sealed, the 144,000 Jewish people. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. I've often wondered, what was that silence for? It may be that the silence was while the whole heaven stood in awe before the Almighty God. Seeing what he was going to bring upon the earth and its destruction This is the creation of Jesus. He made the earth. He owns the earth. But the Satan took it from Adam and Eve. God gave Adam and Eve the title deed to the earth. And Satan, by cunning, stole it from them. And they became his children. The bride of Christ was seduced. And now God has come back and taken his bride and now his wrath is going to be poured out upon the earth and the earth is going to be destroyed and all wickedness will be destroyed and out of that cataclysmic desperate three and a half years of the antichrist ruling he's going to rescue those precious jewish people romans 9 tells us that the story of the Jews is not yet complete. God's not done with the Jewish people. He's going to rescue many of them. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. To them were given seven trumpets. Now the trumpets are going to begin blowing under the heading of the seventh seal. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. I know when I'm there, I'm going to be crying out, Oh God! Oh God! Have mercy! The angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumbling flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. And then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet. Remember, this is now the beginning of the total destruction of the earth. There came hail and fire mixed with blood. It was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. What's going on here? This is the first part of an asteroid strike upon the earth. I'll show you that in just a moment. 
scientists tell us today that before the asteroid actually strikes the earth, these are going to be the things that happen as a prelude, hail and fire, burning up the earth, small asteroids striking. The second angel sounds his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. So an asteroid is going to strike the earth. It's going to go into the sea. But that asteroid has two parts. The part that first strikes the sea. And kills the living creatures in the sea. A third of the ships destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet and a great star blazing like a torch. That word star in the Greek is literally the word from which we gain the word asteroid. A great asteroid blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers, on a third of the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. A fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. So when God begins to bring judgment upon the wicked... His wrath now begins to be poured out. Remember, back here, I just read for you, verse 17 of chapter 6. 6, verse 17, For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? The wrath of the Lord has come. Judgment. Please, please hear what I'm trying to say to you today. The wrath of God is going to be poured out on those who continue in their lying and cheating and fornication. The wrath of God is going to be poured out on those who lie and cheat and murder, who walk in bitterness and anger and judgment against others. The wrath of God is going to be poured out upon you. Escape while you can. The storm is now breaking upon us. You must get to your safe place. The only safe place is Jesus Christ. Are you there? Can you stand? It says, I watched, I heard an angel, an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. And now the abyss is opened in the fifth angel sounding his trumpet. And as that abyss is opened, Powerful swarms of locusts are released over the earth and they sting like a scorpion. They don't take your life, they just sting like a scorpion. Let me read it for you. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like teeth of, of iron, lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and, and stings like scorpions, and in their tail they had power to torment people for five months." They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. 
the first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet and heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for the very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. Do you hear? These are horrific things. This is not some this is not some science fiction. This is real. This is what's going to happen on the earth. It says the rest of mankind that were not killed by the plague still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, and stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. And then we have the seven thunders. The Bible does not tell us what the seven thunders are. You then have the two witnesses that appear in Jerusalem in the midst of all of this ugliness. One man said to me, I'm waiting before I make a decision for Christ until the two witnesses stand in Jerusalem and then I'll quickly prepare myself because I'll know the end is near. I have news for you. It's already over for you at that point. It's too late. These final events are for the salvation of Jewish people, not for the church. The two witnesses go to Jerusalem to testify to the church, not to the church, but to the Jewish people. The church is already safely put away in the kingdom of Jesus Christ in heaven Now, what I've shared with you is just step-by-step through the book of Revelation. Are you aware? Are you willing? Are you able to stand and be tested by God? When dear sister yesterday called me. She was so full of all of her knowledge, so full of her ideas, so full of her sorrows, so full of her anguish and pain. I said to her, sister, forget all this knowledge that you have. Forget all of this, this pain that you have. Forget about all of this stuff and go to Jesus and and lay it all down before him and seek his face and he will heal you. He will restore you. My sister could not hear. I was deeply grieved. Many of you come and listen to this broadcast. But are you able to stand? Are you willing to make the decisions today to get to the shelter under the wing of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to be used by him in this last hour of earth's history? We have come to the end. Oh, I know. There are many prophets out there who are saying, and I'm not a prophet, please. I'm a watchman. I'm not a prophet. I am not in the prophetic gift, but I do know what the word says, and I do know what the Holy Spirit opens to me. And I do know that what I've told you is the truth.
And I do know that if you don't get your heart washed by the blood of Jesus, if you don't turn away from your sin and gain the victory in Jesus Christ, you will not make it. If you are not gathered together with other believers who believe the scriptures, who understand the times in which we live, you will not make it. And there will be a time of great weeping and sorrow, a gnashing of teeth. Oh, how I wish I had gone and trusted Jesus. Are you willing to lay it all down? You're going to lose it anyway. The only security is found in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. Some of you are just mad. Mad. Angry. Bitter. Biting. I feel sorry for you. Because you're lost. You're hell-bound. And if you don't repent, you have no chance. We've come to the very end. And I know many prophets are saying, oh, don't worry. Mr. Trump is coming back as president. And we're going to have a wonderful time of recovery. And America is going to regain its position of power and authority in the world. And everything is going to be wonderful, and we're going to have a time of great peace. Let's plan vacations. Let's go. Let's go have a good time, people. Let the good times roll. It's not going to happen. It's not going to return to the good times. Normal is over. Can you hear that? Can you see that? Will you open your eyes and see that the good times are gone and it's time to repent and get right with Jesus and turn away from our sin? I want to read a passage of scripture for you, please. This is terrifying. This is 1 John, the fifth chapter, verse 18. We know that everyone having been born out of God is not sinning. But the one having been born out of God is continually keeping himself, and the wicked one is not touching him. We know that we are out of God The whole world lies in the sphere of the wicked one. Do you today, my brother, my sister, do you lie in the sphere of the wicked one? Or have you turned away from your sin and have you been born out of God? Are you continuing to walk in darkness? Are you telling yourself, oh, I have time. I'm okay. I can make it. No, you can't make it. And if you don't quickly flee to Jesus Christ, when the wrath of God comes upon the earth, it will come upon you. Now, what I've shown you in the book of Revelation are the four horses of the apocalypse that gallop across the earth to bring in a time of great testing and sorrow. For Christians, a time of soul-searching, of, of martyrdom, of laying down our lives for Jesus. That's not Pastor Ray saying it. That's what Revelation says. And we are now right there at the door. If you can see the signs, if you can read Revelation and understand the signs that point to the fact that Jesus is coming. But first will be a time of intense suffering and loss. And many of us will lose everything we have. Perhaps we will lose even our very lives 
but it's okay because Jesus is coming. <laughs> Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Will you make that decision now? Will you stop floating? Will you stop dithering? Will you stop going around sampling this preacher and that preacher and this ministry and that ministry? Will you just get to Jesus? I can't save you. No other preacher can save you. No prophet can save you. No evangelist can save you. You've got to get to Jesus. Now, I said earlier, and I want to share it with you again as we end this broadcast, eternal life does not exist in us as an independent possession. You cannot say, I'm saved, and be separate from Jesus and righteousness. Life is only found in Jesus Christ. Eternal life consists in union with Jesus. It is literally a full-time participation in the divine nature. Eternal life is a gift. It is a gift to those who are born from above, who turn from their sin and repent. The gift is not ever separate from Jesus. There is no eternal life separate from Jesus. If you want to face the judgment that's coming upon the earth, you must be found hidden in Jesus. Not in your money, not in your friends, not in your lifestyle, not in the television, not in the entertainment. Your life must be found in Jesus. Eternal life is literally Jesus reproducing himself in you so that you begin to look like and act like Jesus. You walk like Jesus walked. And when you see him, you will be like him because you have purified yourself from all uncleanness. You have cut off all sin from your heart. And you have acknowledged that he is the Christ, the Messiah. And can I tell you, he loves you. He loves you. All fear should be gone. It's removed by repentance and confession. Jesus loves you. And he will greet you with arms wide open if you will turn from your ways, your wickedness, the culture of the wicked American church and the culture of the wicked nation of America He will meet you. Oh Lord, I pray today for every person listening to this broadcast, especially the ones who are angry about what they have heard. I pray, Lord, that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will fall upon every person who dares to listen to this message. I pray that you will go out with a mighty hand and rescue your people and bring them to yourself, especially the stubborn ones. Oh, Lord, would you go forth with power now? And would you rescue your people? Lord, thank you. I have spoken faithfully the word you have given me. I ask now for your blessing and your presence. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
I am very grateful for those of you who have given already this month. But I want to give you a quick honor roll of those who have recently given. Gail, your offering came this morning. Thank you. Michelle, Dirk, Denise, David, William, Rodney, Gloria. Wow. You have become heroes. Bloomker from Delaware. I don't know what your first name is. Thank you for the gift you sent yesterday. I'm so grateful to those of you who walk, who will listen to such a straight word and then turn and follow Jesus. Thank you. I love you. We're still about a thousand dollars short for this month, and I'm just standing by faith that Jesus will move in your hearts and it will be finished. I know it will be. You can give if you go to nationalprayerchapel.com. That's nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. You can also watch the broadcasts, the YouTubes, the the podcasts, the 24-hour internet radio that you'll find there. And you can also write to me. My address is Pastor Ray, Pastor Ray Greenley at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also would like to invite you to come and worship with us, those of you who are in the D.C. area. Come and worship with us on Sunday morning. We're a very serious church. It's not fun and games. We're about Jesus. We're seeking his face for revival. I know revival is coming. It's been promised to me from childhood. I now stand by faith that revival is just around the corner. So please come and join us. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find there the directions for how to reach us. We start at 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. We have lunch at 12. And then we just have time if you want to sit and ask questions and talk and pray. I love you, my brothers and sisters. God bless you today. I'll talk to you soon. And tomorrow, by the way, is prayer day. Call in and pray. We'll talk soon.